BSD Talk number 166. It's Tuesday, November 25th, 2008. I just have an interview for you today, so here it is. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with John Todd, and you're the community manager for Asterisk at Digium, correct? Correct. You know, a little bird told me that you not only uh, are an Asterisk person, but also somebody who enjoys using the BSDs. So I thought this might be an opportunity to get some word from the inside of, of Digium on the support for Asterisk on the BSDs and, and generally where that stands. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been a BSD user since uh, the dawn of history. Uh, <laughs> uh, really learned Unix on BSD systems dating back to the very, very, very old SunOS platforms and migrated then to Next computers directly from Sun and then from next to uh, really to um, all the way up to the point when uh, OpenBSD was first released, where I, I really got started with BSDs. And uh, I've, I've, of course, been a user of, of a variety of them, NetBSD and FreeBSD, as well as OpenBSD. And um, uh, when I first got involved with the Asterisk project back in late 2002, early 2003, I, uh, uh, I was really the first, one of the first people, I think, to be a, a BSD proponent, although there were... Um, I believe actually even the original Zap drivers were developed on BSD, but um, there weren't a whole lot of users on the BSD platform. Sounds like uh, there's a wave action going on in the background there. That would be because my office just went dark because we lost power. We've got high winds <laughs> and rain. Luckily, I'm on a laptop and I'm connected to apparently the entire system. The switches and hubs and everything I'm connected to you are all on our battery backup. So. Well, that's that's, that's very good thinking. <laughs> but now the okay. lights are back on again. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I was one of the first people to really be a proponent of Asterisk on BSD. And, and there, there's a there's a core group of folks who are uh, BSD proponents with Asterisk, and it's been a on-again, on off-again supported and, and uh, actively developed platform uh, for the last five or so years. Although uh, recently there is a pretty, pretty good support for the BSD derivatives in Asterisk. There are uh, drivers even for the ZAP cards, which are uh, much more uh, kernel-intensive and, and therefore a lot more fragile, when upgrades and changes are done, not just to the, the Zaptel and now Dottie kernel drivers, but, but also to the underlying operating systems. But as an example, there's a free BSD and an open BSD port of the um, Zaptel drivers, and, and uh, I'm hoping to see the, the more recent Dottie, uh, which is just a rename of Zaptel for a variety of reasons, but hoping to see the more recent versions of those cross-compile as well into um, the BSD world. One of the big problems with Asterisk is that, it, it, well, not problems with Asterisk, but it's, it's really two packages. Asterisk is the operating language and the scripting system and the call control method for Asterisk. But part and parcel of that, in a lot of cases, people treat the Zap drivers, which are the card drivers for the telephony cards, uh, as, a, as a monolithic piece of Asterisk, and they're not. They're, they are actually separate. Asterisk itself runs great on BSD. In fact, I'm uh, I'm talking to you now through it, 
and uh, I have been using it uh, really for the past five years um, uh, as my as my personal system. But the Zap, the Zaptel, and now Dotty uh, drivers are a little bit more um, picky, and so uh, we've we've had some slowdowns in that, and I'm hoping to see that change in the near future. Uh, one of the things that's actually come up in the last month or so, not just with Digium, but with some of our open source developers has been the requirement for making the Zaptel packages more portable across different operating systems. We've had, in fact, I had discussions as recently as yesterday with people who were talking about how they needed to get Zap and Dottie uh, uh, drivers more clearly and cleanly integrated with Solaris. And the things that we're talking about and the, the discussions that we're having that, that will make it easier for things like Solaris will also make it easier for the BSD world. Now, I don't have any times or estimates on when that's going to happen, uh, but certainly there is an interest in it, and we're hoping to see some open source community members start to work on that. And uh, there may even be some, some directed efforts from Digium on that if things work out right. Uh, but we do rely on the community for the most part for these type of um, uh, cross-compatibility and operating system-specific patches and ports. So. Um, the uh, the BSD community has been fairly active in keeping Asterisk up to date, and uh, and a couple of people will always you know poke uh, things out on the bug list or on the development list and say, hey, you know this big patch you've just committed, there's some problems with BSD, and usually within the next 24 or 48 hours we see that gets fixed. Zap is a little different, uh, is because it's a little more tightly tied to uh, kernel level drivers, and so that takes a, uh, quite a bit longer to see happen. We're hoping that splitting things up, uh, splitting some of the components up, and making Zap or Dottie less monolithic will uh, improve the ability to port to different architectures like BSD. And these drivers, particularly the kernel drivers, are these something that you have to compile in yourself, or are they included in the mainstream kernels? They typically, um, you, you compile them yourself. They, you download the, the software off of the asterisk site and compile it and run it and basically it's a self-installing module. And I'd encourage people to take a look at the FreeBSD. It's a package now, I think, for the latest versions of FreeBSD, even though the version that is supported is fairly old. And uh, I know that the same thing is on, on OpenBSD. And uh, forgive me for forgetting his name, but uh, his, his handle is Gonzo, has been one of the guys that's done a lot of that work. And there are a couple of other people, and, I, and please forgive me if I don't remember your names, but there have been a couple of people who have been really instrumental in in creating ports for the the older Zaptel drivers to BSD, but it, it's not particularly difficult to get running. But you just have to remember that you're running uh, at this point today, as of whatever it is, uh, November 25th, 2008. You're you're running a little bit older versions. Within the next couple of months, hopefully that will those will start to become more updated as we make cross-platform portability easier. Now, are these drivers licensed in a way that are compatible with the BSDs or these GPL or something else? Well, they're under the, uh, the Digium GPL with exception. So they are GPL, but if patches, when patches are submitted back, coders have to say that it's theirs and that they permit Digium basically to, uh, in some very limited circumstances, release outside of the GPL on licensed basis. Uh, and that's how Digium as a company, to some degree, stays in business and continues to put money into the open source project. And these Zaptel drivers, they're only needed if you want to have some FXO or FXS cards. But if you just want to have a purely IP system, you don't need any kernel 
magic, right? Oh yeah, that, that's correct. And uh, you know, in fact, right now I, I don't have any Zap cards in the particular system that I'm talking to you through. Actually, and now that I mention, now that I think about it, I'm actually talking to you through two OpenBSD systems, Relate. But no, you do not need any Zap drivers in order for Astros to work. In fact, you can do 99.9% .9 of what you need to do without these kernel modules. The, the primary use of them is to communicate with analog and digital cards that are either for straight phone lines, you know, old, plain old-fashioned telephone system lines, or uh, PRIs, uh, or maybe some of the more sophisticated, basically wire-based, uh, older legacy communication systems. Now, the, there are a couple of other things that the Zap drivers do give you. One of the things that um, traditionally the Zap drivers have provided is a timing source. They actually create a, a, a time stamp that Asterisk uses to do some to do two or three f specific functions, and those functions are for the most part meet me rooms, meaning conference bridges have up until very very recently have relied on Zap timers in order to provide timing in order to interleave. Uh, packets and and sound signals on top of each other correctly, they've needed a driver. Now, you don't necessarily need a hardware card for that. You can actually install what's called ZT Dummy, which is a uh, basically just a dummy driver that uses, I believe, the USB chip as a timing source to provide that timing. But you still need basically then to install the Zap drivers to get that timing, which was kind of a pain. Uh, recently, though, there have been some changes in the 1.6 trunk, not in 1.6 release, but in the trunk, that uh, hopefully will eliminate the requirement for that for the Meet Me conference rooms. Uh, additionally, people have used the Zap card timing, whether it was from an actual hardware card or from the ZT Dummy driver, to do uh, music on hold as the same problem and IAX2 trunking, um, which is a fairly, uh, I, won't, I won't dive too deeply into it, but it's basically a way to multiplex multiple voice over IP calls into a single stream using the the protocol called IAX2, which is inter-asterisk exchange. But if you're not doing any of those things, if you don't really need to have conference rooms, if you're not doing music on hold, and you're not doing IAX2 trunking, then no, there's no reason for you to install a card or even install the ZT dummy drivers. And honestly, most people don't need those capabilities to make the system function as, they, as their application or whatever their, whatever their PBX requirements um, dictate. Does Digium offer... Asterisk support for Asterisk running on operating systems other than Linux? No, but it depends on what you mean by support. There is no official support that you can buy for the business edition, which is what our current product is, running on anything other than Linux. However, the differences are pretty slim when you look at Asterisk itself. So right now we don't officially support it. There is actually quite a bit of support in the mailing lists, and there is actually a specific asterisk-bsd mailing list, and you can find that by going to lists.digium.com and subscribing there. Uh, and there is a, there's a decent amount of activity there for Q&A. But no, Digium does not offer support specifically for, for anything other than Linux right now, and that's really just a, an expertise question. There's only so many people we can hire for our support tasks. And the BSD community, while it's uh, extremely uh, entrenched and fairly large, isn't as large a market segment as Linux is. And quite honestly, and this is not picking on the Linux community, the BSD community seems to handle its problems internally much more readily than some of the Linux communities because BSD communities are typically the, 
uh, it's it's system administrators who really know what they want and are uh, usually not the intro folks who are just starting to get their understanding of of Unix systems. So there is a there's also a factor of you know we haven't just we haven't seen the requirement for support in the BSG community the way we have in Linux right now. And I guess on a personal note, you you did mention that your personal asterisk system is running on OpenBSD. Some might say that it's swimming upstream. Is is there a reason why you chose to go that route? Uh, sure. Well, the the reason it's running on OpenBSD is because uh, almost all of my systems are OpenBSD based. Uh, I was first introduced to the more open systems uh, once I got off the Next in the I guess mid 90s. Started working with the first pre-release versions of OpenBSD and uh, experimented a little bit with uh, NetBSD and FreeBSD, which were were great and they had a lot uh, more rapid features, but um, I've kind of decided that OpenBSD, while it is a little bit slower in deploying some of the cutting-edge stuff, was my choice for my core systems, uh, simply because when I installed them, uh, I never really had to worry about them significantly, and didn't have to stay up nights, you know, worrying if this if applications were default secure. So, you know, I've been an OpenBSD advocate for quite some time, and and uh, so it was basically the the platform of default choice. Uh, I, of course, do have some Linux platforms here and there for testing some of the newest things out on Asterisk, specifically some of the third-party products, which are not part of Asterisk, but yet touch Asterisk in certain ways uh, through the AMI or AGI interfaces that uh, don't have BSD ports at this point. But primarily, I run my production systems on OpenBSD, and that goes for pretty much all of my, my personal network. And uh, the only the only real machines that I guess I use that are not OpenBSD based is my Mac uh, systems, which which is the front end to all of my stuff. But of course, that's a BSD-ish interface. And um, actually, it's worth mentioning right now that that I think a lot of the support and the and the really the solid BSD support that we see now in Asterisk for the for the Asterisk project itself is because of um, Apple's use of BSD-like uh, operating system as its underpinning. An enormous number of developers now are on Macs as their front end, and being able to just open up a terminal window on your laptop and type make <laughs> uh, is a huge boon to the Asterisk community because now, you know, if it doesn't work on Macs, you get all these people complaining, well, hey, you know, my Asterisk now doesn't work in my development environment. You know, you guys need to fix it, and you know that kind of cascades down into some of the other BSD versions as well, uh, being kind of automatically fixed at the same time. Not all the problems are like that, but but there are enough of them that it, it did make a big difference. Have you done any large-scale deployments on the BSDs, or some load testing to see how well it scales? Honestly, I have not. I, I've installed. I've done some testing. I've gotten you know a couple hundred channels at the same time on some of my machines personally. Uh, but none of the enterprises that I've worked with have uh, deployed on OpenBSD or, or any of the BSDs that I'm aware of, although there certainly is nothing preventing that. I would say the biggest problem with that is, is the perennial issue of finding BSD sysadmins at a reasonable cost. And for better or worse, there just seem to be more Linux people out there at a lower price point. So companies tend to focus on Linux, despite the fact that in some cases BSD is a different solution for them that may work just as well or, or even better uh, based on some some criteria. But um, 
Uh, no, I have not done any large installations using the BSDs, but I'm looking forward to seeing some. There are a number of people on the on the asterisk mailing list who exclusively deploy on BSDs, though, and I haven't heard any specific problems that are related to the choice of operating system uh, with asterisk as the overlying application. And what version of OpenBSD, if you're willing to give out this information, are you running, and what versions of asterisk seem to work with that? Well, uh, I, I'm kind of I'm running uh, two different versions of OpenBSD right now. I'm running 4.2 and 4.4, and 4.4 I kind of gradually am easing into it. The problem is that I have enough machines that I just can't click a button and upgrade across everything all at the same time. I've got to, you know, rebuild a a prototype machine and then move apps to it and then basically convert over. And since being a sysadmin is not my primary job, (laughs) uh, in fact, it's about number 100 on the list of things to do, uh, I have not uh, converted everything over so far. Um, and as far as versions of Asterisk, uh, I usually run Trunk because it's kind of my job to keep abreast of all of the new weird things that are finding their way into into the source tree. I almost am always running Trunk. 1.6, however, I've heard is, is fairly stable for certain people. I mean, we have one user who processed, I think in 10 days, he processed 8 million calls through his 1.6 system. Uh, and that was actually bridging between SIP, uh, IAX, and SS7. So it was a pretty complex uh, configuration. But uh, 8 million calls, no uh, no crashes, no problems. Uh, that was not running on BSD, but that was running on a Linux derivative. I don't have any real statistics on the uptime from the BSD crowd. I actually had, had mailed some folks asking if they wanted to give me some stats here, but I haven't heard anything back from them in the last day or so. I didn't give them enough time to respond. but. Um, uh, I do know that there are people running production BSD systems, and, and I don't think that there's a significant difference in stability or performance that uh, would be would be worth commenting on. I, you know, it's whatever your choice of operating system is, and you may have reasons for choosing one over the other. And besides the infrastructure angle, I'm often trying to find good management interfaces and also software SIP clients. Do you use OpenBSD on any desktops where you try and use any of that software? I'm ashamed to say I do not. I, I as I said, I run. Uh, I've got the Mac as my screen on everything, and, uh, and then all of my backend systems are OpenBSD. The graphical user interfaces is a tough question for managing Asterisk. There are there are now a number of different GUIs out there for managing the administrative side, but they're all web-based, obviously. So it doesn't really matter what platform you're you're running them on. The most popular ones tend to be uh, FreePBX. Um, which is a layer on top of Asterisk. And then also Digium produces one called the Asterisk GUI. And uh, in fact, both of those are now downloadable and uh, if you'd like to take a look at them. On the on the Digium site is ISOs running Linux. Uh, but you can also download them as, as just uh, sets of software. Yeah, it would be an interesting question. I don't actually know if the Asterisk GUI runs on BSD or not, but they're primarily, um, I believe, PHP-based, so there shouldn't be too much of a, a difference in porting them over. But honestly, I don't. I almost never use a graphical user interface, and that I think speaks to to some degree from of my BSD background. And I prefer the command line and editing with um, a text editor because I I better understand the flow of the way the the dial plan is moving and, and the way the configuration files are are being set up by looking at them rather than by uh, manipulating them with a graphical user interface. So that's my ten cents on it. 
And besides the asterisk BSD mailing list, are there some other good sources for BSD users that are thinking of starting to explore asterisk? Well, uh, most of the things that are applicable to asterisk in general are applicable to BSD users. There's really no difference in the way that you would get asterisk running on a BSD system than there is in, in Linux. You know, you, if you want to go to the, the bare metal, so to speak, you download the, the tarball and unpack it and go into the directory, type configure, and then make, and then, uh, or actually configure, and then typically people do make menu select, and that builds a little menu for you so that you can activate and deactivate certain modules. For BSD, there's really nothing that you would want to turn on or off that I can think of. Uh, and then, you know, make install, and it just works. There's really not a significant difference between BSD and Linux, um, so I would suggest that you take a look at the the O'Reilly book on Asterisk, which is uh, called Asterisk, the Future of Telephony. I think it's in its second or third version now. And uh, the voipinfo.org site, that's V-O-I-P-I-N-F-O.org, which has a huge amount of information on all kinds of voice over IP systems. But Asterisk in particular, as far as how-tos and instructions, you have to wade through it a little bit. It's not particularly well organized, but uh, there is a lot of data there, including uh, some things on BSD, I'm sure, if you if you do some keyword searches. All right. Well, are there any other topics that you want to talk about today? No, I guess I would just say that I would encourage uh, BSD folks to set systems up and, uh, and see how it works. Uh, I am uh, always interested in hearing about uh, large and interesting platforms that are running on Asterisk uh, because I, I get to talk about those in different forums and seminars, and we are trying to be a much more platform agnostic than we have been in the past. So, uh, and BSD is a part of that. So, uh, anybody who is running a BSD in a production environment, please let me know. My email address is jtodd, jtodd at digium.com. And um, also, we're interested in interesting applications. And most of all, we're interested in good programmers. So, uh, it's an open source application. It's it's seeing heavy change, and it's a very dynamic. Uh, a source environment. So if you have an interest in creating some new and interesting code or fixing what you think are shortcomings in the way that it works, uh, we're more than happy to accommodate new developers and bring them on board. So take a look at uh, asterisk.org for more information and uh, contact me if you have questions. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, thank you very much. I always like talking about it. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 166.